A Rescue Boat for Two by Emily Sue Allen. The first time I saw him, he was strutting down a makeshift catwalk in the dorm we both lived in with a giant heart shaved into his chest hair. The guys on his floor dared him to do it as part of a floor-sponsored fashion show to initiate the freshmen to campus life, and one by one, each of the new guys made their entrance. These initiation activities were conducted in a spirit of fun, but as someone who has always taken myself way too seriously, the whole extravaganza seemed a little over the line. I rolled my eyes to hide my discomfort amid the roars and cheers of the crowd that had gathered, but I was intrigued enough to hang around as the event unfolded. I laughed nervously along with the girls around me from my floor, trying to refrain from appearing too obviously entertained by the weirdness on display. The next several encounters I had with the man I would one day marry and have seven children with were similarly silly. One involved gallons of chocolate poured head to toe over all the guys on his dorm floor outside while they jogged around campus chanting various things about their newly forged brotherhood boot camp style. One involved him planting a lipstick kiss to mark the acrylic room number sign outside my door as he came through with several other guys dressed up in thrift store drag costumes. I hadn't spoken to him by that point, and I can't say I was impressed at the time, but the kiss mark he left behind remained on that sign for the duration of the year as our love story blossomed. At the beginning of our relationship, I didn't know he would become my very best friend and that his sense of humor would buoy us through the ever-changing, turbulent tides of parenting. We woke to the California sun peeking around the edges of the not-so-blackout window shade in our room. Even though the temperatures outside were often warm to sweltering, we slept with a puffy comforter on our bed due to the frigid AC in our apartment building. Still curled up under the comforter, but somewhat propped up by pillows, we both could see the top rim of the bassinet at the foot of our bed and knew the baby had woken up by her gurgles and coos. We somehow started our day with a serious conversation, the details of which are fuzzy for me now, 14 years later. I just remember we had a bit to say. We each took turns sharing our perspective until the moment we both saw a little hand shoot up over the edge of the bassinet. It held steady there for a few seconds. My husband paused mid-thought and said straight to the baby, Do you have a question? We both laughed. We'd only been married a little over a year, but my husband was already learning the art of diffusing my seriousness with well-timed humor. He's only gotten better at it with time. He is the perfect opposite to my all-too-seriousness. These days, he'll do pretty much anything to get me to crack a smile. Once he folded his long beard up over his face and used a stretchy headband from one of our daughters to hold it up around his forehead, making him look like a faceless beard head. He got himself all situated before drawing my attention and I looked over, unsuspectingly, to such absurdity I couldn't help but cackle out loud. It's like he can sense when the pressure inside me is rising and he knows he needs to release the valve a bit. Sometimes it's absurdity, sometimes corny dad jokes, memes, sarcasm, or an expertly dropped that's what she said comment in response to something our three-year-old said. He calls me from work to check in as he drives home and he gets my tired mama voice with lots of kid noise in the background. I've been on duty all day, responsible to steward the energy of seven kids for many hours. One child is at the dining room table, not doing their math lesson and offering excuses as to why it's my fault it isn't done yet. Three kids are on different corners of our sectional, listening to their headphones while reading their Kindles. The baby is hopping up and down in the doorway jumper that keeps him busy, but out of trouble while I've got the phone to my ear. 
and two of the little kids are tearing around the house playing some kind of toss football game with a package of baby wipes. They're blurting out gibberish quips at each other, tossing the wipes while running through rooms, laughing and chasing. I can't make sense of what they're even doing. At one moment, there's a shrill, deafening shriek that rings my ears and nerves together, announcing through the phone what my husband can expect upon arrival. Well, that sounds nice, he says with a measured amount of sarcasm. My flat reply, yep, it's my favorite sound in the world. We both know I'm suppressing my instinct to yell at the kids to settle down and be quiet. It's the time of day when my words will not be heard anyway. If it were not for the daily injection of humor and sarcasm, I'm fairly certain I would have already aged myself an extra 20 years by this point with worry and overreaction. Humor is a lifeline, a rescue boat for two when we're drowning in a sea of children, 14 arms that need hugs, 14 shoes that must be found in order to leave the house, 70 fingers that are rifling through the pantry for a snack between mealtimes, 42 combinations of immature sibling relationships to manage. He highlights the joy for me so I don't lose it in the overwhelm. I'm grateful for the life we have, for the kids we have. The days are full of good things, but my patience is still tested, my mental fortitude and emotional stamina still challenged, and my decision-making bank is routinely overdrawn. I don't need anyone to give me an award or a gold star for my work as a mom, but the humor my husband brings to this wild adventure reminds me to laugh, even while I'm crying, and reminds me that we're in this together. By late evening, I collapse in bed. He cracks a playful joke, and seeing my eyes well up with tears, switches gears to bring the tenderness and encouragement I need as I wind down from the day. Sarcasm and memes will have to wait for the morning when I'm refreshed. Under the blanket, he holds my hand, my pinky tucked between his pointer and middle fingers, the way we always do, and always have since the beginning. I fall asleep, grateful we get to continue this adventure tomorrow. Thank you so much for reading that, Emily. I laughed all the way through it. You couldn't hear me because I was muted, but I was cracking well, up. Yeah, well, it's it's good for me to write a lighter-hearted piece. And this <laughs> is my life with my husband. He's just very funny and brings me a lot of joy. So I like him so much. So we've been asking questions of all the all the mama writers mm-hmm. um, this season, mm-hmm. and you get to answer them this time. Yes. So to start out, what is one of your personal strengths or a secret mama superpower? Um, Well, I think I have several hidden superpowers, but I will say that I think my sensitivity is um, my secret mama superpower. I... I have known this for a long time, but especially through this last six months, I've been kind of in a season of weekly counseling, um, just through mm-hmm. all the crazy stuff that happened in the past year and a half with my health and surprise pregnancy and all that kind of stuff. And my counselor was just talking to me about how um, I am like a hyper, hyper, hyper sensitive person, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm like, oh, is that why every sound drives me up the wall? And every like, I feel like my actual senses are just extra sensitive. <laughs> I don't have a better mm-hmm. word for it. And she was just talking to me about how that is both a gift and a liability. Like it's something that I think it allows me to tune into my kids in a way that maybe other moms don't. Um, Like I really can catch every small little like lilt of their voice or 
I don't know, just when you pick up clues to things that are maybe not quite right and need to be investigated or can kind of tell, you know, when someone really needs me to press in and snuggle them a little bit more or that kind of thing. And also the liability side being just that I got to, I got to understand that I have limitations to the input that I can take in. So that has caused me to prioritize more introvert time and being able to recharge Mm -hmm. and um, have less stimuli coming in when I need to be prepared for my kids. So yeah. Oh, I I feel that too. I'm similarly wired Mm -hmm. and just it's good yeah until it's not (laughs) so yeah what is your favorite household chore and your least favorite household chore yeah I um I just don't really like any chores (laughs) I I think uh (laughs) fair I do like the result of chores I like when things are orderly um Mm -hmm. but as far as like uh go to like, I just don't think about chores. I don't think about it till it's like, okay, I really need to start dinner and I really need to do the dishes in order to be able to start dinner. And then in order to start mm. the dishes, I need the table to be cleared. And so I've kind of started going through this process of trying to make systems out of really dumb things <laughs> because I have recognized that I just right. don't, I don't put that all together unless I see it like a system. So um, this has been helping me develop some habits for like my morning routine that really set me up to be able to do other parts of the system later in the day. Like I've started a load of laundry and I've made my bed and um, just certain things that if, it, if I was left to myself, I wouldn't probably do those things. <laughs> but knowing that it is mm. part of a, a bigger picture that is helping me accomplish the things that I do want to get through that day makes me feel more successful at it. And also, um, I had this funny conversation with a friend who was asking me if I was... I don't know if she was asking me. She said to me, well, you're not a linear person. And I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I've ever thought about that. And I I had never really thought about how nonlinear of a person I am. I'm really not. <laughs> like, I, I have a right. lot of things going on in my mind all at one time. And so, like, if I have 10 things that need to get done, I'm probably starting on five of them at the same time and doing little bits of them all together very inefficiently. And so it has helped me a lot to be like, how could I do this in a linear way? Which when I go to my kitchen, I start on the left side of my counter and work my way right. And I'm like, all who right. knew that I could do that in five minutes instead of 30? <laughs> because huh. I am just doing it in a linear fashion, which is not how I usually think. So anyway. That's funny. I when you said when you said something about being a linear person, like the picture I had immediately in my head was the the spirograph, those little um, things that you stick the pen in and you run it around and around and around uh-huh. until it makes this really cool pattern. Uh-huh. And it just it struck me as an, a, a particularly apt <laughs> uh picture for you like yeah um, not linear but also makes pretty cool stuff (laughs) yeah I've described it to other friends that I I think that when one person has like you have your bowling lane and you have the pins at the end and you're gonna roll the ball down the lane and try to you know get a strike or whatever I Mm -hmm. I don't have just one lane. I have 10 lanes going at the same time. And so it's, it's not like I 
can't make progress or can't move forward. It's just I feel like I really need to stop at one lane at, at one time. And that takes some real intention and effort to not be like, okay, I have seven arms. I'm going to throw seven balls at, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yep. So how do you find or create or cultivate peace in your home? So I would say for me this past month, at least, um, we've experienced a lot of changes in our family, just really coming out of a super difficult season to one that feels like we're, we've kind of broken through to something new. I'm still putting my finger on it and try to like understand, okay, what's, what's ahead for us. But mm-hmm. I know that, um, just having my life kind of be in order has become a pretty big priority and making sure I have enough sleep, mm-hmm. making sure that anything that I'm giving my energy or time to or any even down to the food that I'm eating, like, is it giving back to me? And if it's mm-hmm. not, then I'm going to change it and I'm going to figure out how to not be wasting time, uh, wasting energy, uh, wasting calories. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that has been um, something that I feel like I've taken a stab at in the last 10, 15 years in different ways, but it's kind of just starting to coalesce into, okay, this is making sense in all the areas of my life. And um, I would say the most important things that that has involved is simplifying and um, cutting mm-hmm. commitments that I I might very well love to do certain things, but I just can't do everything. And also we've kind of come into a new season of, I have five children who are very capable of helping with chores around the house. So I've just been learning new techniques for involving them in the care of our home and making the burden Mm -hmm. of that less on my husband and myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think in general, I do think that peace uh, really only comes when we invite God to be really at the center of our, our lives. And so I'm learning how to not just pursue matters of faith as a good Christian thing to do, but that I am myself mm-hmm. like opening my Bible every day, not because I should, but because I want to and because it is life-giving to me. And um, it's it's become something that I can tell when I don't do it. I'm kind of dragging, mm-hmm. like my spirit is dragging my, my <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's just been a really interesting time of feeling like peace is something that we can have here, but we have to do the work to invite it and intend it. And um, yeah. so it's a very active pursuit and something that I'm just really grateful that it's starting to seem like we're making some progress. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear that. Well, thanks so much. And Yeah. Thanks for being on the other side this time yeah. it's fun to fun to chat i could actually talk to you forever about systems we should do that yeah, sometime. let's do it thanks robin 